to my Welcome back, fellow spooky folks. This is the season motherfucking finale of Man of Horror. <laughs> I'm your host, the Man of Horror himself, Troy motherfucking Ryan. And I'm going to say motherfucking today like I am motherfucking Samuel Jackson. Because it's my motherfucking show. <laughs> all right, y'all. But anyway, if you don't know, Man of Horror is my power where I talk all things scary. And it's been a fire journey. Guess what? We're at 900 listens. Um, almost at the 1k mark, so I'm pretty fucking sure, like, after this episode comes out, we can make it, right? Y'all think so? I think so. Now, if you've been on this journey with me, you know I've covered everything from creepy horror kids to aliens and demons to final girls to cheesy-ass horror movies. I can talk horror anytime, any day. It's truly a passion of mine. So before we hop into today's show, I just want to say that horror... It, it genuinely means a lot to me. I remember as a child, um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it before, my grandma was one of the ones who, one of the people who brought horror to me and, and you know, just brought me into the horror fold overall. She had this small house, kind of like a trailer almost, and it was like long and she was kind of a hoarder. So her house has always had like just a bunch of shit and it was just always like basically one path throughout. So I remember the first time we watched Hellraiser. That night it happened to be a storm. And I remember being terrified of the film and just needing to go to the fucking bathroom. The hallway and the path to the bathroom was just so long and narrow. You know, there was like shadows of just a bunch of shit. And I looked down the hallway and it was a flash of lightning. And I bullshit you not. Like, I swear to God, you couldn't tell me. I did not see Pinhead and the fucking Cinnabites at the end of the hallway just looking at me, waiting for me to come to the bathroom. So, like, I'm pretty sure I pissed on myself that night because I was not going to that bathroom. That was it. <laughs> but you know what? Like, that's the thing with horror for me, too. It's a, a catharsis, in a way. I think it allows us to explore our darkest thoughts and most intrusive thoughts. You know, I think... From my experience, horror fans tend to be some of the sweetest fucking people. And I think it's because of our love of horror. We're allowed to explore that dark side in a healthy way. Now, with Juneteenth coming up, I would be remiss without also mentioning um, not only am I a horror fan, but I am a black horror fan. And that that means something, you know. Um, in In black horror, honestly feels like it's it's like in, in a renaissance kind of or like a a birth you know it's just it's getting better and better i think and we're just being represented more and more from directors like jordan peele and characters like Candyman, who like cemented our place in horror to you know new final girls and like um mindy from you know scream five six and soon to be seven <laughs> um so with that today's episode is definitely gonna be blackity black 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 <laughs> and um I just want to say, yeah, I think black people are just still scratching the surface of what we can do with horror. So I'll definitely say stay tuned because I think we we got this shit. <laughs> um, but most importantly, 
I love being a horror fan. So let's get into it. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Now today, I'm going to start with my top five black horror moments. Not from all black horror films exactly. Some are a bit more diverse, but the moment itself overall belongs to a person of color. So let's get into it. In a fifth place, the ending scene of 13 Ghosts. All right. (laughs) So first off, Love 13 Ghosts. It's a remake film. Um... I watched the original, and I think it's a pretentious horror fan thing to be like, oh, the original's better, but, like, no, fuck that. The remake's a lot better. I want to say Raw Digger's character, Maggie the Babysitter, she was pretty fun to watch. I'll say that. Every time she's in a scene, it's it's enjoyable. Um, So the ending in this she she comes through in like true black fashion late as fuck <laughs> but essential right um there's like a demonic soundboard and she basically treats it like a turntable and just starts fucking with all like the controls and like the records and shit like it's just fucking this machine up and they ultimately freeze the ghost to kill the man who trapped them and then allows arthur to go save his kids and like get away so basically if it wasn't for maggie they'd all be ghosts so shout out to black women <laughs> in fourth place the purge election night the candy girls okay so look while these characters aren't the heroes of the story by any fucking means what i loved about this was that it was a group of black teenage girls just going fucking nuts like <laughs> um from the over the over usage of um the word cocksucker because they say that shit like a million times mostly the one girl and it's so fucking weird like we don't fucking say we hate the word cock um i've yet to come across a black person who's like oh i love that cock like oh it just makes me want to throw up i'm sorry anyway um but yeah from the overusage of that word to the like the dresses covered in blood like the wedding dresses covered in blood and the machine guns to the like christmas like covered car which was so like the the scenes that were shot with that were just so fucking dope like everything about the candy girl screamed yes like yes bitch like yes like um except for the crazy shit obviously but still super dope moment for black horror in third place the ending of candy man 2021 now if you're a horror fan there was a scene in uh scream six where they uh mindy and kirby ask each other you know best Candyman film and they both like simultaneously say you know the first one and the 2021 one because yeah right um and i love this one i rewatched it recently and i discovered i loved it more than i originally did if that makes sense um and the thing is it's it's clearly elevated horror with the very first one the original it wasn't the explicit focus per se but it's all between the lines and and clearly Candyman overall is about fucking racism so that's not you know anything new but again this one the story's kind of always been you know again racism gentrification and stuff but it's acknowledged more so instead of referred to and then in this one it's like completely a part of the plot 
And like the ending scene, I think it's the most elevated in the sense of society and like social issues. You know, it's like the police killing the main character, arrested his girlfriend. Um, and her just feeling like, you know what? Fuck all this shit. I'm gonna call Candyman. And he comes around the truck and it's just like all the different fucked up manifestations of him, you know, appear ultimately just killing the officers and telling her the story, you know, or killing the officers and telling her to tell the story. It's just a really powerful scene, I think. In second place, the ending of Get Out. Dog. Okay, so Jordan Peele obviously brought us a black horror masterpiece, but more than that, he gave us a happy fucking ending. If you haven't seen it, shame on you. But the ending is basically the hero killing the villain, i.e. a black man choking a fucking white woman in the street killing her as this happens a police car pulls up and there's a collective like black pain that flashes like it's like a fucking like like a bolt of lightning because you just know they won't believe him you know they're about to fucking either kill him or arrest him like you just you know and they're not gonna believe shit his story gonna be crazy the only proof that they have is him choking her the fuck out so just as like the door opens, it's his friend coming to save him. And it's just like a collective black happiness sigh. <laughs> like it was a happy ending we needed. And there's an alternate version, but I just blocked that out of my mind. Um, and Jordan specifically said he wanted us to have that happy ending. So thank you so, so much for that. All right. Finally, in first place from Tales from the Hood, the Crazy K rehabilitation scene. Okay, so if you've seen this one, here's the thing. It is the most uncomfortable yet required and unfortunately still relevant moment in black horror history. The character Crazy K is, to be blunt, a hood nigga. He basically killed a bunch of people and survives a shootout. He's sent to an experimental place for rehabilitation. The person who's overseeing his rehabilitation is a woman who shows him a documentary compiled of basically black violence, you know, gangs, guns, violent ass rap music, all intercut with shots of the KKK and them hanging black people and burning them and just fucked up shit like that. And so honestly, it's genuinely painful to watch. And it lasts. Honestly, it feels like forever, but it's so fucking real. Um. While the rehabilitation doesn't work, and ultimately he was in purgatory in the end, you know, spoiler alert, fuck y'all, because the movie came out in the 90s. <laughs> anyway, um, he's still on the ground doing a shootout. He was basically dying, and that was like his chance to, I guess, turn his life around, but he was just... Anyway, point is, the scene works perfect for the story. It works perfect for black life, unfortunately, and just... Yeah, if you haven't seen it, please, 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 I urge you to watch it. Candyman. 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 All right, all right, all right. So that was my top five black horror moments. Let's go ahead and dive into my quad review of Candyman. Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. And Candyman 2021, basically Candyman 4. Or, I guess, too, if you look at it as a spiritual sequel, whatever. Point is, all for Candyman. <laughs> let's get into it. Um, let's obviously start with Candyman 1. 
um, introduction to the OG Candyman himself. Um, I think what I loved about this movie, just on first like thought, is we don't see him for a while, really. If you think about it, he's more so just referenced and and retold in all these different stories and. But it still feels eerie. It still feels creepy. He feels like a present. I mean, he, and he is. But, like, with him not being so much in the first half of the film, he felt almost omnipresent. Like, he was still there, you know? Um, and that was that's just masterful fucking writing. I mean, like, Clive Barker, come on, you know? Um, and shout out to Tony Todd as well. Between the the voice, the look, uh, the the actual fucking like bees coming out of his mouth, like that's not graphics or effects. You know, when I found out he actually did that for the films and and put in his contract like a thousand dollars per thing, like that was just that's brilliant. Like I could never do that, and I love acting. I'm like a fucking thespian, you know. I would totally do some method shit or some wild shit, but it just kind of depends, and maybe not bees in my mouth. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> another thought that comes to mind is, uh, Virginia Madsen. She was fucking amazing. She's amazing as Helen. She, we're able to follow her. You know, when you get uh, a main character who you're meant to follow, sometimes it's hard to follow them because you don't like them or they're annoying or, or just, just sometimes the journey just doesn't work. And her journey was interesting because it wasn't just about, um, her being a grad student, it wasn't just about her studying um, Candyman. It wasn't just about her being a white woman in Chicago living in a gentrified area. You know, it wasn't just about her husband cheating on her. Like it was, <laughs> it was all these different. She had a a layered story that didn't feel crammed, and we're able to follow it genuinely. Um, so with that, I want to say, and I feel like as I'm thinking back on it, the only thing I don't give this one, or I can't, is kill count, because there's not as many kills in this one. Um, but I gave it four out of five stars, one for watchability, again, of course, it's the introduction, so it plays on the old, um, you know, those old fucking urban legends of, like, watch what you say in the mirror, don't say people's names, and Bloody Marys, and, and stuff like that. And it just, it flips, this on, bl- flips it on its head and brings it to the black community. So I love that. Um, star number two is gore, because although there isn't a lot of death, like a lot of kills, the few kills that are there, it's pretty fucking bloody. Like, you figure, yeah, kills with the fucking hook. So, yeah. That's blood. <laughs> um, the next star I gave it is Killer Fear Factor because the reality is uh, Candyman is fucking scary. Like, and I don't think I would ever summon him. But if I was ever in a situation, like from the films, he doesn't seem to necessarily discriminate. He definitely kills black people too. So it's like, I don't think that would save me. And I don't have time to be fucking hooked to that. So definitely killer fear factor um the last one is gonna be cinematography this movie is beautiful and there's like these shots some of my favorite shots in the film 
and I, you know, recently found out there was a reason why it looked like that, where the scenes where Helen seemed to be like in a trance, it was because she technically was like she was officially being hypnotized and um, just like put into. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Hypnotized and put into like this trance and they would like zoom in and put like this this bloomy focus light filter thing. Like it just it looks really dope. Um, and obviously, you know, the things with the bees in the mouth and just the the. A lot of the views were just raw, I think, is what I liked about it. Very, very raw. It seemed like legit, like they were right in fucking Chicago. Okay, so next up is Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. Um, I liked this one a lot. I think this one definitely like solidified Candyman's spot as a horror icon, like a horror legend. Um... First off, I have to say the setting of this one being in New Orleans just definitely killed it for me because I love New Orleans. Like, I don't know. And I've never even been, but it just is just such a it just seems like such an amazing setting for horror, you know, um, or just like supernatural kind of shit. Just I don't know. I love it. And for it to take place there first. Amazing. Um, second off, the the main character in this one, um, Annie, she was. I enjoyed following her story, too. She wasn't the most interesting character. I think Helen, out of all of these films, as far as main heroine goes, had the best story. Um, But what I liked about this one was that we now saw where Candyman's descendants ended up. And what they did to his story, like, try to act like he didn't exist, you know. So that was pretty much what this one was. Like, this one deepened the mythology of both his story and gave us the official views of what happened. And then also introduced us to, like I said, his descendants. So we saw his family, where his family line ended up. And it's brilliant. Very, very brilliant. Um, It starts with the shits too like <laughs> i think that's why this one is my favorite it literally opens up on some bullshit the only other one that does that is uh i mean the, the first one does too but it's just not as abrupt like it's not horror opening scene ish for me as much as this one was and i'll say there were definitely a lot of characters that were there just to be there for body count, which I don't necessarily say is a bad thing, but it just seemed like at some points unnecessary. It was a mixture of unnecessary things in this film that I think counted against it in the overall pantheon of horror, if that makes sense. Like, personally, I was fucking fine with it, but, like, it was things that I know people were just like, oh, yeah, you know? So, for that reason, I think it doesn't get as much regard, but totally still worth the watch. Um, I want to say, with this one, I gave it four out of five. One for watchability and story creativity. Again, it, before we only knew that he was killed, covered with the, the, honey you know with the bees and stuff like that but this one brought us the visual of it and it was just 
dope to see you know i think it was like creative to also incorporate this thing of like how he became immortal from that pain and imprinting his his spirit or his soul into a mirror you know it was it was just a deeper mythology of his story and y'all know me they love mythology <laughs> um next kill count this one definitely up the kill count from the last movie like i think the first movie has maybe about four kills or some shit like it's not it's it's not really high up there it's just a really good story this one said okay we're gonna focus a little bit less on the story still a great story still great but not so great hey <laughs> we go bring y'all more more death because you need more death right um next is gore because again Candyman, hook and bigger kill counts so there's a lot more of those gorier uh body splits if if you will i'm not really sure how to refer to it but you know when he comes up behind a motherfucker and just stabs him in the yeah whatever that shit um and last one is a killer fear factor because yet again it's candy man bitch i that's that's scary i will say this one as far as cinematography and visuals go it just didn't it didn't while it was aesthetically pleasing in the sense of being during mardi gras in new orleans or whatever it wasn't visually as pleasing um there weren't like a lot of interesting angles and stuff like that so but it doesn't count against it that's fine okay so now fucking Candyman three the bottom of the goddamn barrel (laughs) and okay so here's the thing bottom of the barrel yes but still a part of the franchise so i would say it is essential viewing if you're like trying to do a whole watch party kind of thing and know the whole story but the movie literally from the start it's bad and it's because it's supposed to be so at the end of Candyman 2 farewell to the flesh she has a daughter and her daughter's about to say Candyman. she stops her whatever and so the girl that is from this movie is supposed to be her daughter. Mind you, Candyman 2 came out around 96, 97-ish. And so Candyman 3 came out around 0203. The girl would have been like 16, 17. She's supposed to be like mid-20s or some shit. And it's really, it's, I don't know, it just, it was weird. Like the timing of it was just really off and it just didn't make sense. Um. So yeah, so um with that again starting off bad but it does have some slight redeeming qualities first off the main character not too fun to follow she's i'll I'll just i'll be devil's advocate no i'm not even gonna be devil's advocate i don't i don't even know what advocate i'm being right now but fuck it she is not a good actress and it's kind of hard to follow but this was like one of two projects she's done and considering one of those is Baywatch, I guess that kind of plays into it. Anyway, so either way, she's definitely no motherfucking, she ain't Virginia Mass and she is not Helen Lyle. <laughs> but she is, again, at this point, she is Candyman's great, 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 great granddaughter somewhere along those lines. And 
she's an art dealer who's known the story about Candyman, but never just wanted, you know, tried to always avoid it. Her mom killed herself and, you know, she just kind of wanted to understand and it obviously has something to do with that. So she does a bunch of paintings, some art and shit like that. She discovers some paintings and just like a um, puts on like an art display and some crazy shit starts happening because people summon Candyman. Um, there's a lot of fucking cliche tropes in this. There's like racist cops for no reason. Um, and then they take a bit from Candyman too. So it's supposed to be instead of Mardi Gras, it's the Day of the Dead this time, and it's in LA. So it's like a, um, you know, just like a Mexican kind of celebration. So there's like they they use, um, Santeria at some point I believe because they go to like this this woman who is one of the main characters, like the this guy's grandmother. And she's like, yeah, you have to do all this shit to get rid of the spirit. I, it's, and I feel like I'm talking about this film so, like, unenthused. But it's because I am. Like, <laughs> have you seen Candyman 3, Farewell to the Flesh? Or not Farewell to the Flesh, um, Day of the Dead. It's just very underwhelming. The only saving grace is Tony Todd himself as Candyman. Outside of that, it's just like, why is this here? Ugh. So... I'll just I'll just get to the rating because I you know. Um I gave it two out of five. <laughs> um and one is four and okay. Again, they tried some things, it just didn't really hit. And they honestly even made Tony Todd a bit less scary in this one too. Which I didn't think that they could do. But they did it. Um but I gave it one for watchability because it's it is a, a pretty pretty as bad as it is, you don't get bored of watching it. It's just so bad. It's like, what is this? What is this? I, I, I don't get bored at all. I'm just underwhelmed, again, if that makes sense. Um, and then the other one is Kill Count, because I think this one has the second most kills in the franchise. So they pretty much just did what they did from the second one, add more kills. So they took they took some cues from that, but didn't really do much special didn't really add too much story and it was just again uh, kind of a mess all right all right so now we can go ahead and get into candy man 2021 um okay so this one i thoroughly enjoyed the only complaint i have about this film is not enough tony todd or not any Tony Todd. <laughs> um, he's he's in the movie for like maybe a second, but there's there's a reason for that, and it, it it's still completely a Candyman story, totally canon. It's just I I can't give it away without you know, like I guess I can't explain it without giving it away rather. So, um, essentially, Candyman is more of a spiritual entity in this film versus a direct being. Um, and, and multiple people have inhabited this entity in a way, right? Like, um, so basically, again, this one is a lot more elevated than the first one. Um, all the theme of you know all the themes of Candyman or all the films, rather, the theme is racism, you know, um, gentrification, things like that. But it's never explicit right like i like i mentioned but with this one is completely like completely 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 a part of the story and it doesn't take away from the story at all 
what I liked about this one as well was a continuation of I love continuation um, because it just adds to my favorite word mythology and the main character is the child from Candyman 1 like the little baby that gets kidnapped Anthony he's grown up in this and it just for that alone was exciting for me um but just like outside of that it was just a really good fucking story you know he's an artist who basically comes across Candyman and 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 becomes to or starts to become him or the entity rather while also uncovering you know his past and what happened to him and all that stuff so it's it's just a really good I think they call it the director mentioned it as a spiritual sequel to the first one so while it is fourth in the canon technically I don't think they are counting Candyman 2 and 3 but it, they could if they wanted to I don't really think outside of 3 because again that fucking timeline is just dumb <sighs> whatever <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah the cast did really good in this one too like the acting it was a mostly black cast which I loved it was a shot in Chicago like literally at like I think I, I, and I could be wrong about the actual name of it but I think I'm right but like the old like Cabrini Green housing project like it's it looks different now but it's not like you know projects in the sense of an apartment it's more so like townhouses but you know projects like if you see you know so um for that bit of authenticity and just and I'll take it outside of that everything about this movie was just really authentic because the soundtrack finding out like the details there's like actual you know, screams and just like random items used in some of the music and it just it comes off so well. Like everything about it, like I said, is just authentic. Like you can tell everybody who worked on the project really cared about it. Um I gave this one in the end, I I I rewatched it. Like when I first watched it, I gave it three out of five stars. I rewatched it and I I'm giving it a five. I'm gonna give it all five. So one for watchability. It's totally enjoyable, and that's a that's saying a lot considering Tony Todd is not in the film really. Considering that's like who you go for, you know, um, the story is creative enough, and the movie is watchable enough that you you're okay with not seeing him. Um, the kill count because I think this one has the second most kills in the franchise. Um. And they're pretty frequent, actually. Like, it's it's um I would say probably like every like ten minutes or something. <laughs> like it's 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 pretty frequent. So I enjoy that part about it too. And for that matter, obviously gore because it's fucking Candyman. They did not take away from the amount of blood that's being used. I will say there are some scenes that we don't exactly see the gore. So I guess uh, maybe might need to do four and a half because it is gory in the sense of being a bloody film, but it's not gory in the sense of we see the hook go through motherfuckers' bodies and shit. Like, you know, like, in, the, in all the other movies we see and hear, like, <laughs> like, and this one is, it's more of screams and, like, squelching noises and just splatters and stuff. Like, it's a mixture of techniques used that still are effective, but just not as gory. Um, Killer Fear Factor, because it's Candyman, again, and with this one, it takes on more of a spiritual aspect and more of a centralized thing to black people to where as a man almost it there's it creates another um layer of fear of like 
I can become Caden Man. You know, like it it added a whole nother part of fear from the other films that I just I enjoyed a lot. And then the last one is cinematography. With the opening credits alone, that angle, it's almost like disorienting but beautiful. Like <laughs> it's it it's it paired with the music, it's a very it's just a very beautiful opening. Um, I would just say that. And then just outside of that, a lot of the visuals in this, like I said, you know, even just with the, the gory scenes, the bloody scenes, there's a mix of techniques used visually that convey the perfect message of what the fuck is going on, you know? So with that, again, sticking to my four and a half, I'll, I'll say four and a half stars out of five completely worth the watch especially if you're a Candyman film especially if you're a black horror fan film um black horror fan film if you're a black horror fan <laughs> um again totally worth the watch I will say my updated order is Candyman 1 Candyman 4 aka 2021 then Candyman 2 and then Candyman 3 yeah I think it's pretty accurate all right Thank y'all so, 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 so fucking much for listening to me this season. Like, it literally means, like I said, the world to me. I'll say it again. I'm going to keep fucking saying it. Like, I'm 30 episodes in, over 500 plus listens. Like, I'm pretty sure once this comes out and I release it, I'm going to make it to a 1,000 listens. And it's because of you guys. Like, the support is so fucking real. I love it. Just, yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned. Um, as fucking always, I love you guys. I appreciate you for listening. Don't forget to follow the official Instagram page for the pod, Man of Horror underscore podcast. I can't wait for season two. It's definitely going to be, if y'all enjoy season one, whew, wait, just fucking wait. Oh my God. <laughs> but until then, like I said, stay tuned. Stay spooky, folks. Peace. 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 Peace.